Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 119, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows, past and present. He is Jed Shepard the first. And that guy's Rob Jelly. Not the first. Nope. Not the second. Nope. Not the fourth. No. Some people might call him the third. The third. It's Rob Jelly the third. R-J-T-T. <laughs> So Rob Jolly the first. I can't do that again because the microphone's too low. I'll mess up the wires and stuff. Yeah, and all the cans and bottles of everything will go flying as well. We have a lot of mango loco again this week. (laughs) How are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you very much. I got some. We got some marshmallows left over from our Halloween Halloween, special. Yeah, but no Um, one locked my studio door to uh, fake some monster mallows. What is What is mallows made out of? The the mallow bit in, in marshmallows. Air. It's air. It's whisked air. This is just like another chemical. You know the way if you you know you ever made meringue. Yeah, like hand, like proper, like or, or you've got like cream and I've attempted to make it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you know when you like you get double cream and you whisk it until it thickens up yeah. into proper like yeah, that's mallow. Okay. With air, so you don't use cream. You just put air in a bowl and whisk it, and ah. eventually you get mallow. We could, I mentioned the other week I've been watching Sixty Days in the the, the prison uh, documentary thing, and they make a thing in prison called Whip It, which is um, a pink substance made with Kool Aid, uh, coffee. And drugs sounds horrible. They mix it all together: Kool Aid, coffee, and drugs. Mix sounds it like all you might together. Be awake for four weeks if you're taking yeah. any of this. And you put a bit of water in it, and it becomes like a, a marshmallow consistency. And they put it onto the back of their of their hands, and they lick it off, and it just sends them wild. <laughs> and I'm like, like feral dogs. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like, that's disgusting, but also. That does look kind of cool. <laughs> like, You've um, been watching too much of this show. I'm, I'm becoming institutionalised. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we should send re- me to segregation. Re- we should review it, yeah, so that we can get it off your chest okay, and we then we can to. move on. We need to, but maybe we'll do that next week. Who knows? We'll, we'll decide what we're doing next week at the end of this week's podcast episode. Okay. Um, you all right though? You good? I'm good, thank you. I'm just chowing into this chocolate. All right, um, man. Just yeah. you'd get on with it, man. That's absolutely fine by me. Halloween is my Christmas, as as you know. I I know. Yes, I'm very aware of this. Have you? Ever, oh, have you ever done Halloween in America? Funny enough, no. I, I always miss it. I always. What do you mean you always miss it? It's the same time every year, mate. I know, but I'm always there just before or just after. Actually, this year I plan to be there for Halloween, but um, I'm too busy doing stuff here, so I can't. Um, <laughs> but next year, I've got no excuse. Next year. I'm planning a year in advance. Wanna... You know Halloween was last week, don't you? The week before last. Yeah. I'm losing track of time, mate. I'll be honest with you. My days blur from one day to the next. Well, next next year I'll do... 2020 uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. You up for it? We'll yeah. do a podcast special from America. Will we? I mean, I'm, I'm saying making these claims, but... You've got 12 months to plan for it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I've got anything else going on in my <laughs> life. I'm not trying to buy a house or anything like that, so... We'll do that, and we'll do it, like, in a, in a famous scary location or something. Okay. We could even do it inside. Disneyland. We could do it at Disneyland. <laughs> I was on a podcast about a year ago. It was um, people bringing the recording equipment into Disneyland and do it from Disneyland. What? Um, yeah, it's called... Sounds like my dream job. I know, but they sneak it in and they, every episode is from Disneyland. So they sneak it in, find a quiet place and they record it there. And we did it over the phone, obviously. But <laughs> um, it's talking about Star Wars and stuff. Um so yeah, it's it's cool. We should do something like that, maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's. I'll, I'll have a chat with Walt. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, yeah, that, that's anyway. That's Halloween next year. That's thought, a well, long way off. I did. I thought Walt liked um, podcasts, but apparently he does know. This week on the Pilot Podcast, take 119, we move on to two more shows. Believe it or not, there are still two more that we haven't done. In fact, there's actually a couple more than that. Um, But we'll deal with those shortly. Um, We shall crack straight on the format because these these might take a little time to explain. They're both short shows, but they're both very, very odd and like nothing we've done before. True. I think maybe your choices got some comparisons in earlier episodes of the Pilot Podcast. Yeah. thinking of some particular ones around the same sort of era, around the sort of mid-70s. Yep. Uh, but I think this might be the first of its kind from my point of view. Your one is... I always like to bring the alternative curveball. It's, n- it's never been done before or since. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why... It's hard. It, I think this show has all the potential to come back. Yeah. Big time in 2020. Yeah. Primetime TV, mm-hmm. big time hosts. I think it could genuinely be... Really, really good. Richard Madeley. Let's let me introduce it first. Okay. Let's hear the theme song and then we'll talk more about it. It is the pilot episode of Who Done It. <laughs> There's been a murder. <laughs> Perfect theme to kind of like introduce you to a murderous situation. Yeah, and it's a game show. Yeah, I, it, it'd be very. Sorry, I should have explained that before we even got started. It's a game show. Oh, well, it's concept. Um, I, I, I like to bring the alternative shows that you would never think of bringing. But the, listen, every show has a pilot episode. Everyone has a first one. Yeah. And unless you land that first one properly, it's never really going to take off and carry on afterwards, is it? So everything has a. Even game shows have pilot episodes, and Who Done It is no exception. This one's weird. It basically shows us murder. Yep. But like a filmed a filmed piece. It looks like like. Um, Midsummer Murders. Poirot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to a studio where, where they present a very smug presenter, like probably in his 50s, saying, okay, well, who done it? And then <laughs> introduce you to the, to the three people who are about to guess who done it. One is a woman called Anne Summers, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> that was very, yeah. And she is a, um, pers- a private investigator. Yep. I mean, she's obviously very pretty as well, so... Um, Great for TV. Yeah. So it was hosted by Shaw Taylor, this yeah. pilot episode. Um, I recognise him. Yeah, definitely has one of his faces that you know you've seen on TV yeah. since then. But later episodes, and this is not to be compared for this particular, epi- this uh-huh. particular purpose, but uh, it was hosted by John Pertwee. Yeah. Uh, former Doctor. So Doctor Who. I was Who, waiting for him to turn up. Doctor Who. Yeah. Who done it? Brilliant. It's like, they, it's like they thought that one through. It's like a who's who of who. Oh, isn't it just? And, um, in Whoville. He, um, uh, the presenter, um, was his name? Luke? Shaw, Shaw Taylor. Shaw Taylor. He was, he, he knew in his head, this is mad. Because he kept on like smirking to the camera, like, what is going on? Because actually, like, it cuts to him and he's looking, turned around, looking at a TV screen behind him. Yeah. <laughs> like the TV screen we're going to look at as well. And yeah. like, what is he up to? This character's already, he's already playing up to the yeah. camera, isn't he? Look at him. And he's Loves like, it. all the clues are there, like, uh, interesting. So you've got, you've got Anne Summers. Then yeah. you've got. Anne Summer. And Summer, sorry. She herself is a panellist, but she's actually a former PI and detective. Yeah. So she actually has some experience in the real world, working world yeah. of how to solve crimes and things. So yeah. you get hit her, and then you get um, another... two are TV detectives. Yes. 
because um, you get one of them is Edward Woodward, who indeed who in the eighties became the Equalizer, which is what the Denzel Washington film was based on, the TV mm-hmm. show The Equalizer, and then Frank Windsor as well. Yeah, he looks. I've seen him in a few things before. Yeah, I'm not um, sure what he's been in actually. Is he in the Sweeney or something? I don't know. Um, can't see anything obviously standing out to okay. me. But he played a TV detective as well. So you've got two fictional detectives and one real detective trying to solve this case. Now, the show, it kind of gives the audience a chance to figure out who done it as well because um, sure well both the television studio audience and yeah, the audience at home themselves it's like so the presenter said to the audience right write down the top line who you think did it mm-hmm. and the reasons why and uh, and then they show you the whole story unfold so you yeah. get to see the briefest the actual murder that committed itself so what about mm, 35 40 seconds yeah. long clip at the start and then bang title sequence a little bit of music as you just heard yeah Short, sweet, straight in there, quite cryptic, quite murder mystery-esque. Yeah. And then Shaw introduces the show, the panel, and then says, right, now we'll show you the whole thing played out with the detective after the murder. So the detective comes in, he questions the suspects, and the suspects range from the, the housemaid to... The um, wife. To the wife, to... Son, the stepson. Stepson, to the secretary, secretary. who's always... It seems to be sunbathing in the garden quite a lot. Quite weird for secretary. Um, the son's got a cast on his foot. Yeah, the cleaner. Um, and this inspector goes around questioning them. And we see these questions being asked. And we get drip-fed clues here and there. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. the Hoover went on at that time. The TV was on at this time. The clock on the wall said this time at this time. Um, this person's really into gambling and betting and was uh, in this room at the time yeah. and then they did that and yeah, exactly. this person ran and sort of found that person and they come in yeah, yeah. yeah but we it, know one person is lying there who's potentially the killer yeah um so we get yeah so we get to see what a detective would see and the detective's like right i've made up my mind i know who did it over to you so then the host says okay one person in the audience figured it out uh, and he brings the audience member out I know that's great who he was not media trained this guy was not media- <laughs> he, he came out and was looked so nervous um, well I, I think it was this person b- b- because of this and it was so but awkward. he knew he was right though the thing he is that right. Shaw does make a point of saying there's one audience member who's got it right yeah. um, so he already knows he's right yeah so nothing really to be nervous about you know you've, you've sussed it he was nervous. and the best bit is that when he went off when he went off stage like he lingered for a little while and looked looked around. Should I go off now? <laughs> like, like, they kept all this in. It's crazy. Seventies, yeah. very 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 sort of rough, I guess. And as a pilot, I mean, yeah. it's called Pilot and was aired in nineteen seventy two. Yeah. Um, before... I did love the panel as well, by the way. Yeah, the panel but, were great because then they they bring in all the suspects into the studio and the like panel in, in like into a jury box. Yeah, isn't it? and the panel gets to interrogate them like one by one, like which is exactly what you would do at Who Done It. Now, yeah. uh, to great. to kind of give you some backstory as to why I've decided to do such a random show, <laughs> uh, I actually went to a murder mystery night with a, of a friend, a friend who does some amateur dramatics, and her group do. Um, and your friend got murdered. No, no, she was one of the suspects. Um, And they performed three nights of this murder mystery and every night had a different killer. So that if you went one night and you decided you wanted to go back and see it again, you you couldn't sort of like, oh, okay, I see how that was. Because it was always different. It turned out differently. Uh, And and I went to that a few weeks ago, four or five weeks back. And uh, when I was doing some research for it, to talk about it the following morning on my radio show, uh, I discovered there was a television show called Who Done It? (laughs) Hosted by John Pertwee, Doctor Who. I'm like, how how have I not heard of this before? So we had Hang to... on. So you want to bring this to your radio show? I've already done it. 
I did it weeks back. When, so after did I you? after I went to the actual murder mystery nights, okay, uh, I then so I thought I collate the details in my head, bring yeah. the character list with me, ah. and actually just just throw it out there, not give them any storyline, but just give them the characters and yeah. just have a full, so it's a bit of a free for all kind of like just guess who did it. Yeah. Um. Uh, so then, anyway, in doing so, I thought I'd do a, I'll do a bit of reading on like how the first murder mystery came about, who was the first person to write one, yeah, yeah. you know, how have they changed over years. No, no, long before that, man. Right, long eighteen okay. hundreds. Right. People have been writing murder mysteries for years. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and then I stumbled upon the fact that this show existed from the seventies, and I thought well, that's a genius idea. Yeah, it's and I and I go back to the point I just made about five minutes ago. This would be a cracking show to play today. It would be good. Non celebrities. I don't want anyone famous yeah. in it other than the host, and the host has got to be someone respectable. I think someone like Richard Osman. Yeah, or if it was 20 years ago, Michael Aspel. Oh, per- yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, someone with a little little bit of uh, sort of intellect behind them. But John with- Ross do it. Oh, yeah, do you know what? He would be good, wouldn't he? He would be really good. Oh, he would be yeah, good, wouldn't he? I met him the other day, didn't I? I told you about that. Oh, well. Maybe, I, should, maybe, I should pitch this to ma- him. Maybe you should. I genuinely, yeah. I genuinely think, because we've, we've, we've done quite a few shows now... Um, varying and such, but they've crime shows, dramas where yeah. you're sort of trying to solve things out. I mean, in the last few weeks, we did with homicide and the capture against each other. Um, in the past, we've done all the other ones, lots of anthology shows where we're trying to work out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Elite a few weeks ago yeah. as well, which I spoke about, which is kind of is a who done it in a way, um, set in a Spanish prep school. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's lots of television. Or the CSIs, yeah. you know, where there's lots of clues, and, and you, as the audience member, are kind of going along with yeah. the sort of detectives. Because you, you want to feel super. How about to we them? actually get asked? Yeah. And with today's technology, especially when you've got things like million pound drop or hundred thousand pound drop, yeah. whatever it's called now, um, you can have like an app, and you yeah. could play along at home, and maybe one like television audience member could win a prize each week, yeah. and one studio audience member could win a prize each week so this is how you would do it so you'd have a, oh, by the way if you steal my idea if anyone listening to this is works in television steals my idea I will find you and I will wag my finger really firmly in your face even <laughs> better right you do a whole series of these say you do an, an eight episode series yep, perfect then you do a special ninth episode and be like okay guys these were actually all real murders unsolved murders <laughs> we've solved nine cold cases here <laughs> We've solved nine cold cases, and this is the aftermath. I'm not entirely sure that's ethically, morally, or <laughs> legally allowed. And then, and then, and, and be like, next season, the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it would be the it would be amazing. Yeah. You've anyway, solved all these murders. I, I'll repeat. I don't think that's ethically, morally, or legally. I'm producing this. This is what happens. I'm washing my hands of this. I'm not getting involved. Don't even care if it's a success. Um, no, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think I'd watch a show like that that genuinely, oh yeah, it genuinely be, got it me involved. You'd feel like invested in it, like you want to see it yeah. out, you want to see it through. The only thing is, it's a lot of work because you've got to film essentially a short film mm-hmm. every week. Well, how long? So this episode was about twenty-five minutes, yeah. half an hour, uh-huh. right? And it's broken up into really kind of two parts. You see the murder, which is like a minute at the start, and then you see a sort of 15-minute, well, maybe a 12-minute... Yeah, I'd say 10 to 12. 10 yeah. to 12-minute segment where you're getting all the sort of 
suspects in a room together with a detective. Yeah. Questions are being asked. They're going to different rooms. They're investigating bits and pieces. Go for an ad break. Come back. Yeah. You've got then got the next ten to twelve minutes of the panel guessing, the audience guessing, yeah. and then the whole thing being explained at the end. So actually, you could do a half an hour show now. I know what TV people would do. They would turn it into an hour-long thing, string it right out. It's better as 30 minutes. But I think it works yeah. because the pace is there. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get... There's no unnecessary detail in this show. There's only what you need. Well, the way you do it for an hour is you have the audience at home to call in with their, with their suspicions. Like, yeah, but I think you do it in the app. You can do it by just, just plotting it on a graph, can't you? Wouldn't it be cool this? They called up and was like, yeah, what do you think? I think the maid did it because blah, 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 blah. And what, what really clues are we finding? Yeah. yeah, and these are the clues. And you can put the clues up on the screen behind you. Well, okay, so you think it's this? And this, actually, then this, could, I guess you could relay back the information. So let's say you've got uh, Joan from Glamorgan on, yeah. right? I don't know why, but she's on. So Joan thinks she's sussed it. She thinks it's the. It's I have the maid. a Welsh aunt called Joan. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Yeah, there in you go. South Glamorgan. Oh, wow. So it's like I knew. Yeah. Um, so uh, Auntie Joan from Glamorgan, yeah. right? She thinks it's the maid. Yeah. And she thinks she done it because oh, well, she's actually in, in it. With her her boyfriend, her, her strange boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, they're trying to steal all the money. So she's on the phone talking to the host, yeah. like kind of who wants to be a millionaire star. While they do the yeah. the um, phone a friend, and Jones there going, <clears throat> no, it wasn't me, it wasn't and, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then maybe they can say, okay, well, so Joan, you think that, and then you go, well, actually, all the, of all the audience members watching at the moment, they've all said that they agree with you on the fact that it was done in this little moment here. Yeah. But you're saying she did it with this. A lot of them are saying it's that. Yeah. And then you sort of and you could yeah you could have a really interactive element of it. But is that worthy of another half an hour? Yeah, because then how you do it is the audience present to the detective whatever what they think it is, and and then he arrests that person. And at the end it's like, have you got the right person? At the end they reveal, no, we've arrested the wrong person. Um, and if you real... and if you don't if you don't arrest the right person, yeah. They never reveal who the answer is. Yeah. A proper bit, a proper bit yeah. of like actually leaving it, let it hang over. You can maybe the next week find out who did it next week. Then yeah, because I think that would again that would make you want to watch next week yeah. to find the actual answer out. You're like, oh come on, yeah. you can't leave come me. Um, I, yeah, I genuinely think it could work. I think it's got a great premise. I love the idea of it, especially nowadays with all the the cop shows we've got on television and all the yeah. crime dramas. We're, we we are probably playing this game. Already in our own heads to a certain extent yeah. with shows anyway. Um, I recently just finished The Capture, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And... So we had them a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, a few weeks ago yeah. now. Um, I thought it was excellent right. for five episodes. Ah, how and many episodes I'm are there? Six. Um, <laughs> and I'm not entirely convinced by episode six. Right, okay. My opinion, and I won't spoil it by saying anything about what happens, but... Wasn't what I expected, and it and for me it was a little bit of a letdown. Do, does it set it up? No, for it's, no it, two? It, it, yes, that's the problem. Oh, okay, that's my biggest bugbear about it. My big, my I'm not, biggest. I'm not going to watch on then. My biggest bugbear is that they've deliberately made it for two seasons, and I just oh, yeah. wanted them to end it. Yeah, and it, up to about ten minutes before the end of the episode, I thought this is going to end, yeah. and it's going to leave me with enough of a, but 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 how? Yeah, or, or who? And, so I just watched Sharp Objects, and then it just. Turns it round and sort of goes, yeah, but guess what? Yeah. Season two. I watched Sharp Objects and the Amy Adams one. We, we previously done a pilot episode. That's a while really back, on. yeah, but good. And the whole thing, it's a one-season show. There, there can't be another season because it ends. It, it finishes that storyline. It's like, cool, that's how it should be. We don't always need to have no. a season two. 
Like, I actually like the unanswered. And yeah. this kind of goes back to a bit of the appointment television as well. Um, so I've been watching season four of The Good Place, another oh, show yeah. we've reviewed earlier mm-hmm. on the on the podcast. And it's the final series. They've oh, already yeah. announced that it's going to end at the I end of this one. I haven't watched all of season three yet. And so there's four episodes of season four at the moment on Netflix, and they're releasing one episode a week. I love that, because yeah. it annoys me talking. no end. Yeah. I'm like, get to the end of the episode, I'm like... Because no, in fairness, I had forgotten it was on, <laughs> and then I binge watched the four episodes available, forgetting that they're only on every week. I'm gonna wait till it's all on, and then no, you see, yeah, I can't wait that long. I know you've got because you, you've got no patience. Yeah. <laughs> but I I think something like Who Done It could be remade in today, uh, and I still think it actually stands up really well. Did you it, solve it? Mm, yes, but not for. I was just like, she's not acting like a secretary. She seems a bit dodgy. So just based on instinct rather than clues. So See, I didn't. I went with, I went with the wrong person. I went with a st- stepson. You or thought it was a stepson? Son, son-in-law or whatever. Well, stepson was involved a little bit, right? Yeah, but it... Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but I, I had him down as more of the actual one that did it. Yeah. I, right at the start, the first two minutes, when the, I was like, the wife did it, because it's always, like, the partner. Yeah. Always. 99%. Or the dolphin buddy at the beginning. I thought he seemed quite genuine, and he was all too happy to help the officer, like, mm. put on some shoes and stuff. And um, and, this is, and again, again, this is a really This is the pilot episode. The show itself didn't properly air again until about nine months later in 73. So they obviously test ran it. Um, I don't know. I, I'll have a look. So they obviously test ran it in 72 in August. Yeah. Uh, then sort of went, yeah, this, this works. This, yeah. this is good for us. Uh, so they then decided to put it all together and on it goes into yeah. in, in the next year. And then they did one episode a week. Uh, and 73 for a while. I'm just trying to see if there's the host information here. Yeah, I can't find it. I'm surprised it hasn't actually come back because these things... Oh, like, no, Edward Woodward began became the host. Did he? On, in 73. I thought so, because he was the best thing about the pilot. Like, he was so funny when he was when he was questioning the, the cast. He was just like, I've met people like you before. He was really playing up to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Edward so Woodward did, looked bloody cool. He basically did of, season one. Nice. And then season two, John Pertwee comes in. Yeah. To host it from there, and I think if I go for season six, uh, John Pert was still hosting it at that point as well. So, nice. um, wow, okay, Edward Woodward did it. Edward Woodward isn't in any. Well, what I can say, I'm not flash looking yeah. here. It's season three, Edward Woodward is not in it at all. We need to do the equaliser, by the way. The Edward Woodward, um, okay, please show the equaliser. Hashtag point. put it on the list. Put we'll do list, that. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed this. Uh, it was a lot of fun, um, silly but fun, yep. and. You know, I, it's, I think it's a there's, there's potential to make it, and if and if no one else wants to do it, we should do it. Yeah, I think we should just do should, it. I mean, how hard is it to make? To make easy peasy. Easy peasy. Easy yeah. peasy. So, <laughs> who done it? We'll get some uh, commandments uh, run down against it shortly. Yeah. Um, but there are 48 episodes of these, so there's plenty of storylines to be how about borrowing. Who done it? But instead of film footage, you're using Scooby Doo episode. Who who done it? So we turn the Scooby Doo episode back catalogue into Who Done It? Yeah. So like, we'd be here all day. Is it the old man that works in the fairground, or is it the old man that works in the museum? It's always the guy who works in the museum. <laughs> we know this. It's always the guy who works in the museum. Um, but there we go. We score it properly at the end yep. of the uh, the pilot podcast, and uh, we'll compare it against the commandments alongside the other show this week, which was, of course, your choice. Yeah. And by golly, have you picked her? <laughs> Interesting show this week. You loved this, didn't you? 
Yes. He did. I really like this. So this, Spoiler alert, Rob's going to give this a big score. Oh, wow, okay. Well, this, this show is one that I remember my dad watching when I was little. And I think I remember in the 90s, it was shown, like, when you come home from school. Yeah. It was, like, on at 6 o'clock on, like, Channel 4 or BBC 2 or something. He was like, what is this show? BBC, and, by the way. BBC. And uh, it was... Something that I only had a vague memory of. So watching it right now, it was quite nostalgic. And it's The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin. Sets the scene again a little bit spookier than I thought it'd be. I mean, this is one hell of a sensory overload, isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, because there's if you break it right down into component parts, yeah, yeah the, the sort of string accompaniment for this music, very sort of lush. almost midsummer murder, no, yeah, yeah maybe midsummer murders, yeah. maybe sort of um. Uh, oh, so last of the summer wine, maybe. Oh yeah, and then you've got like the drums, which sound like they should be out of the shaft. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. And then, and, and but that's just audio. And visually, yeah. you've got a man sprinting down the beach, stripping all his clothes off, yeah. and running into the sea naked. This is crazy. This is 1976, and this is <laughs> really, really subversive. It reminded me, it was around the same time Monty Python, and... In Monty Python, there are a lot of Glad you brought that kind of scenes like this as well. I think this might be inspired by that a little bit. Forty Towers esque, yeah. And you got him going to the scene. You're like, why is he taking all his clothes off and running to the sea? And you realise when you watch this pilot episode, he's nuts. He's, he's, he's no, he's gone nuts. He's gone nuts because all these little mundane things that happen in his life. His life is essentially um, Groundhog Day. Yes. Yeah. We see multiple days in his life. He wakes up. He says. Good morning to his wife. He has breakfast. He reads the, reads paper. the paper, sticks the paper on his arm, gets on the train, sees the same people, talks about the crossword, yep. gets into work again and again and again and again yep. and again. And these little things are just chipping away at his psyche, just 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 melt, melting him into an absolute mess of a man. Okay, but also to add into this, the amount of little quips and one-liners, <laughs> yeah. even within. So the mundanity of because it pops up at the start of the show Tuesday. So it's just it's just a Tuesday, yeah. and it's happening, and then it sort of happens all over again the following day on the Wednesday, and the Thursday as well, and it's over these three days that you see the first episode, and you see him slowly crack. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many little quips in it, like yeah. the breakfast. He sat there, he's eating his breakfast, reading the paper, and he goes, "I really must dash." Stands up, uses the same phrase every morning. Uh, yeah. What the motion waits for no man, or something like that. Uh, so, time and motion t- waits, waits for, for no, no man, man yeah. something like that. Walks out the door and says, um, "You know," uh, ha- and she says to him, like, "Have a good day in the office." And he goes, "I won't." Yeah. And walks out the door. And I love that little thing. That's pretty funny. Kissing the cheek before he says, "Yeah, that, so kissing the cheek," yeah. and then off he goes out the door. Turns up to work late. Um, Hello, Joan. Joan's his receptionist. A PA works with him. Uh, he walks over to the sort of um, coat stand, tries to hang his umbrella up. The hook is not there. He drops it on the floor. <laughs> Happens every morning, um, and, he, and he complains about being. Goes, goes. Oh, Eleven minutes late. Um, 
uh, staff shortage at uh, Noak Hill. And, yeah. um, it's just, always 11 minutes it's late. It's always exactly 11 minutes late. 11 minutes late into work, 11 minutes late home from yeah. work every night. Uh, and it's always a different excuse from a, at a different station. <laughs> yeah. so basically, the trains are the fault yeah. the whole time. Trains strike out of Vauxhall. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's so many little things. There's a guy sneezes on the train when they're doing the crossword. He doesn't seem to have a hanky on him. Uh, so leans forward to, to Reg, um, and, says, and says, um, you don't have a tissue that I could use, old man. And he goes, he goes no, I don't. I do have the Venezuelan trade supplement, though. And <laughs> yeah. he just hands him a part of the newspaper. Yeah. And he just blows his nose into the Venezuelan trade supplement. And, it's and, I, and, and I mean, I it's it. just so daft yeah. and so slapstick. Yeah. And... And the next day he asked... And I, love, and I was genuinely sitting there laughing. Yeah. Now, I'm going to bring something up in a minute okay. that you're going to think I'm moaning about, right. and I'm not, but I'll bring it up shortly. Okay. Well, the next day he does the same thing with... Do you don't happen to have the Venezuelan trade supplement, do you? And he's like, mm, I can borrow my hanky. Picked up on the joke from the day yeah. before. But the thing is, like, I think this is... This is years ahead of what the audience is used to because the, yeah. the studio audience, they're not getting any of it. There's barely any laughing sometimes. Right. There we go. You touched on yeah. it. Here we are then. Because like, obviously you're not a fan of canned laughter. Hang on. What's that? That's canned laughter at the door. Yeah. But Come like, on in, canned laughter. But the thing about this is like, it almost does it a disservice because there are funny bits in it to a 21st century mentality. But then people are like, what is going on? Right, okay. What is going so on? So now you've got to it early, yeah. I'll, I'll pick in. Okay. So you, yeah, I previously mentioned quite a lot in this podcast how much I dislike canned laughter yeah. in the shows we've watched. Yeah. Okay, it's not a dislike of canned laughter itself, it's the, the use of it in some of the Studio shows we've audience, watched. Studio audience, yeah. Um, however, there is elements of studio laughter and possibly canned laughter mm-hmm. in this show which are not out of place in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time that I heard it, I had already started laughing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a, as a testament to the show and the writing itself. But I also agree there are moments when a lesser, you know, uh, intelligent sound engineer or producer would have put in more yeah. canned laughter. And even if they had done, I don't think most of it would have been out of place at all because there's so many little quips of it. Yeah. He has little daydreams in his head. I love his daydreams. So he's, yeah. she, so, uh, he's sitting there eating the breakfast one morning and there's a letter. Uh, so her, his, his wife, uh, Elizabeth, uh, has received a letter from her mother asking if they would like to go over for Sunday dinner. And first things first, the very fact that her mum has written her a letter to invite her for dinner <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. Uh, especially as the following day, she phones to see if she got the letter. <laughs> Why didn't you just phone her in the first place? But anyway, Elizabeth reads out the letter. Goes, um, I just wondered if uh, if we've got time, we can pop over on Sunday and see uh, see Mother. And uh, and in his head, he go. It, it basically has an image of a hippo. Yeah, but it appears and the on screen. Called hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. Uh, yeah, because as he walks out the house. He goes, oh, I'm going to see, I've got the rose garden to deal with. I'm going to see that hippopotamus. <laughs> and that's all in his head. And then all of a sudden he stops in the middle of the cul-de-sac and goes, hippopotamus? Yeah. Oh. Carries on walking and then in his head he's going, it's not a hippopotamus, it's Elizabeth's mother. <laughs> yeah, and you're just isn't laughing there. No, they're not getting any of this. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is genius. Yeah. They're going inside the mind, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. But what they did laugh at is kind of the next day where... His wife says, oh, uh, by the way, honey, um, your flies are undone. So, do that. I don't want Mrs. Whatever next door to see it. And then he imagines himself with <laughs> his flies undone. Street, flashing the, flashing, flashing his the undone. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, it, there are 
What about CJ? Let's talk about CJ. Oh, CJ. His boss at work, CJ, is your typical kind of English man. Yeah. Like, like what someone from a foreign country would think an English man would, would kind of like act like prim and proper. Yeah. Like 50, 60 years old and set in his ways. <laughs> um, and Leonard, Leonard Rossiter, by the way, who plays um, uh, Reginald Perrin, yeah. is just, just a brilliant comic actor because he's so dry. Yeah. Um, and he really, even though he's been like quite anti everything, um, you really warm to him. And he has to deal with this boss who is has no clue about anything. Um, and actually, you forgot they work at a place called Sunshine Desserts that make desserts and ice cream. And one of the ongoing um, kind of things that happen in this is the sign of Sunshine Desserts starts, slowly deteriorates yeah, and falls apart. Exactly. I love this. Yeah. I, I mean, which is like. It's against the name. It's the name Sunshine yeah. Desserts, two of the best things ever. And it's just falling apart, which is like the mind of Reginald Perrin. I, I'm, I'm certain that there are at least 10 jokes in this episode I didn't hear yeah. or see. And I can't wait. Genuinely will watch this again yeah. in my own time without my notebook to hand to make notes of it. Because I think when I do, I'll see stuff I missed first yeah. time round. There's a little bit that I, I noticed it actually on his briefcase rather than when the on day two yeah. when he's on the train again and he offers the hanky. Yeah. His initials are R.I.P. That's right. Because <laughs> he says that to the guy that... Yeah. If excuse you, uh, use, use a hanky as long as you don't mind it saying R.I.P. on it. Yeah. Uh, and I'd noticed it on the briefcase the day before uh, on the Tuesday, which I noted down. I was like, that's fantastic. Interesting. Um, also, Joan, his PA, yeah. uh, answers the phone. They're both sat at the desk. He's... Like dictating a letter to yeah. be sent out to someone. She's sort of writing it down. The phone starts ringing and he halfway through the dictation starts to go, I ever wonder if this phone will stop ringing today. <laughs> and then she picks the phone up and she goes, hello. And then uh, she goes, oh, please hold. I'll just see if he's in. Yeah. And obviously it was sat opposite. And yeah. I think there's thousands of people on this day, tomorrow, and the day after that in offices up and down the land who are sat opposite their, their colleague yeah, yeah. who have just answered the phone and gone, hello. Oh, Jed, yeah, I'll just see if he's in. Hang on a minute. Put the phone on their chest and go, are yeah. you in? So-and-so from so-and-so. And you go, like a chest is a sound yeah. absorber. <laughs> yeah, I'll never hear this. It's, it's, it's such a, if, if you listen to this uh, podcast and you're uh, not UK-based, uh, number one, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for choosing us. Appreciate it. Um, but that is such a British thing to do, to take the telephone, put it against your chest like it's soundproof, yeah. and then say, say to the person opposite you, in a loud enough voice that the person on the phone is definitely going to hear, go, Jed, are you in? Yeah. It's, it's Steve from Accounts. And then you go, no, I'm not here. And they go, oh, uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm just looking at his... No, he's not at his desk at the moment, Steve. Can I help? Yeah, no, I heard you speak to him. You only, <laughs> you only put it to your chest. Like, I, can, I can still hear. Oh, the line's breaking up. You're going for a tunnel. I'm going, oh, I'm going for a tunnel. Sorry, Steve. I'm going for a tunnel. <laughs> um, it's crazy. The it's, there are so many little moments yeah. in this. The ice cream montage. Yeah, that's great. The little daydream of the ice cream. Yeah. Uh, the squeaky chair in the office. The three squeaky chairs. <laughs> I mean, it's just... just little things. And the daydreams about him having an affair with his PA. He, he looks like she hates him, by the way. Yeah. Um, but that PA is played by... Oh, I'm uh, glad you noticed yeah. who it is played by. Yeah. From um, Coronation Street. Yeah, I was about to ask you, do you, do you recognise the PA? Yeah. Um, Joan, Joan Greengross, yeah. uh, as her name in the show is, played by Sue Nichols, yeah. who is Audrey in Coronation Street. Yeah. She was she, also in Rent-A-Ghost as well, which is a show we should definitely do. Okay. It's an 80s kids show well, called Rent-A-Ghost. This show, The Fall and Rise of Reginald Perrin, ran for three years. It was yeah. only 12, uh, 21 episodes, sorry, yeah. over three series. It ran to 79. She started in Coronation Street in 79, and she's been in it ever since. She's in it today. 
Wow, so she did Coronation 40 Street years. and this at the same time? Well, no, she came out of this and then straight to Coronation right, Street. Right. Well, I, I, I assume there's maybe a little overlap, but yeah, yeah. pretty much finished this, went straight into Coronation Street, and she's been there for 40 yeah. years. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's testament to how good this show is, yeah. that she played this wonderfully sort of calm influence on Reg. Yeah. And then she's gone on to be uh, you know, one of the most loved soap stars yeah. in the UK. We've but, got to do Corey at some point, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we do, yeah. But like, we, we see his breakdown <coughs> manifest in a number of ways. For instance, he can't remember that he's already complimented uh, her on, on her dress. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, I've had yeah. this dress for three years. And you've, you've mentioned it this morning already. He's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, oh, yeah, right. So he goes to see the doctor. Yeah. This is the only part of the show <laughs> yeah, the that I that I... I fear he's going to tarnish its reputation Why? because it's so dated. This is the this is the bit mean? of the show that uh, dates the, sh- the the whole episode so bad. This show, whilst it looks of its era, yeah, nineteen seventy six to be precise, yeah, wonderfully fits in twenty nineteen. The humour is still there. It's still witty. It's still sharp. It's still flippant it's still sarcastic it's got all the elements of good british humor that still stand strong nearly 40 years on mm-hmm. but the little quips and jokes that the doctor makes are absolutely beyond belief inappropriate now don't i mean he's a proper creep like an actual proper creep yeah i mean the sort of creep that hr would be involved with i mean all the way through there are H- hr issues loads, well, loads yeah of course there are but none until like the doc the rest in comparison pale into insignificance compared to the creepy yeah. doctor the who's thing- looking at a porn mag yeah when he walks in the office <laughs> yeah. doesn't even assume that reg wants to see him about his own medical problems wants to ask about the chesty receptionist that he has yeah yeah i'm like oh, mate, good come with me when i had a che- when, 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 when i had a chesty cough so yeah of course um yeah, so um, that was that was a bit of a that gets a little blemish. It was still funny though. <laughs> but don't get me wrong; there are still moments in it yeah. that are as funny as the other parts of the episode for sure. But yeah. there are bits in that little scene mm-hmm. which unfortunately show up the time. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't get away with it easily now unless no. you were parodying it. No, um, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, there's the ice cream tasting yeah. session the following day, uh, where the printer because they got new technology at Sunshine Desserts and there's uh, they've all fed their responses and thoughts into the machine the do you remember what come the out. three most popular ice cream <sighs> flavors were flipping it something pommel stone and west- Pum- pumice stone pumice stone west germany west germany and i can't remember the first one yeah. was but they, and then some, oh, uh, obviously there was an electrical fault <laughs> yeah yeah it turns out the actual ones were exotic mango uh r- r- something ripple like a raspberry not a yeah. raspberry but strawberry ripple yeah uh, and another I can't remember another exotic fruit of and some sort. And they were discussing whether people understood what a ripple was. And to be honest, what is a ripple? <laughs> and I was like, well, a ripple in water is merely like a like a you know like un- a murmur. E- yeah, like a murmur, absolutely, yeah. a vibration in the water. Well, what's a ras- when some sort of when a raspberry ripple? It's like, well, what? it's a swirl, isn't it? It's a swirl of flavour mixed into it. So it's like vanilla ice cream with like. A, a, like a shot of strawberry in, in a kind of yeah. ripple shape. You no, know, like the way you do, like, oh, so going back to my bake off. Yeah. yeah. You know, when like, you do the toppings on like bake or tart, you, you put right. your icing across in a straight line, then you get a little tiny like cocktail yeah, stick yeah, and you yeah, stroke yeah. it through to get the sort of pinstripe sort of swirls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That sort of thing is how is a raspberry okay. ripple. Okay. But I don't know, if you try to explain a ripple to someone, it's quite yeah. hard. Because I think 
There was there's a Cadbury thing. There's a Cadbury's ripple as well. You ever had a Cadbury's? Oh, ripple? a ripple. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a flake. It's a flake. Yeah. It's just a flake. It's a, no, it's a flake with a coat. Yeah. Because a flake will just has literally is naked. Right. A, a flake is a naked ripple. Cadbury's are just fooling us. All of their chocolates are exactly the same. You know Cadbury's make flake as well, don't you? Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. It's, it's the same product. <laughs> it's the same product. <laughs> One's got a coat, one has not. <laughs> it's like when they finally, like, because there was dairy milk and there was a Cadbury's caramel, and then there was dairy milk with caramel. It was like, mate, that's a Cadbury's caramel. <laughs> it's the same thing. You've already made that one. <laughs> it's not an original it. idea. Come on! It's like, all right, Willy Wonka. Like... Marketing team were very lazy that year. Yeah. Very lazy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this show stands the test of time. When I think if they did it now, who would you get as Reginald Perrin? It would have. Oh, to... wow. Um, I've got a left field choice. Go on, who have you got? Because I can see a couple of people, but I'm not entirely convinced. This is really left field. But Go on. Shane Ritchie. And the reason why I think Shane Ritchie is wow, because that is left field. it is. I've not ever seen him really do like a straight role. I think he's good at comedy. When he was okay. in EastEnders, he was <clears throat> he he did a bit of both. But I think he has a likability, the kind of BBC One likability factor that would it would kind of fit. But if BBC made it, it would be Shane Ritchie. Yeah. If ITV made it, right, it'd be Bradley Walsh. It would be good, it, and I think it, I think Bradley, Bradley Walsh be, is good. Yeah, yeah. Like in my mind, you need someone who can look serious and look professional and official yeah. in the way that Reggie's job kind of uh, you know requires him to be. But you need someone who can kind of break the fourth wall with a look at the camera. Yeah, the way that someone like Lee Evans for example, could do. Lee Evans would be good as well. Because Lee Evans could do the sharp-suited, well-dressed man, but the sort of frantic, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm being serious, sort of, but but but, but I'm sweating, yeah. and, and I'm starting to hyperventilate <laughs> a little bit, and talking a little bit fast, and, and oh, my shirt's not tucked in my pants properly. Um, I, Lee Evans would be amazing, actually, at this. Lee Incredible. Evans, yeah. John Cleese would play uh, CJ, <laughs> yes, he definitely would. Yeah, that'd be great. John Cleese, literally John Cleese today, yeah, or like Billy Connolly, someone, oh, someone who basically, it, without meaning to sound disrespectful, because I mean this in all the love in the world, a sort of old grumpy man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who can sort of turn the anger on and off really quickly hmm. to play CJ as the secretary? Oh, that's hard. Like Anna Freel or something. Yes. Maybe she's slightly too old. Someone nice. It needs to be. Uh, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like really nice sorry, mannered. Anna. Nice mannered. It like sort of. Oh, no, who am I trying to think of? And see, um, you probably have to get like a, a TV presenter or. It's fun to think who the yeah. fantasy casting would be for Reginald Perry. We should do more of this with yeah. older shows, by the way. We should try and. Uh, try and like kind of yeah. make it into a 2019 version yeah, yeah. Um, I love this last thing I want to mention on this show yeah. though before we move on to score it and things um, the ravioli at the end <laughs> I mean just it's great I mean it's <laughs> I, f- I just love that gag it is so funny um, so I'm not I don't even want to explain okay. it I want people to experience it but the wait for the ravioli because it's a it's a it's such a multi-layered joke. Yeah. 
that is served twice, excuse me, served up twice. Mm-hmm. So you get the joke in the moment and then it comes back right at the very end again. Yeah. And it's, and it's just perfect. That's I want brilliant. to find the people who wrote this yeah. and hug them <laughs> for writing something so magnificently timeless. And I... Oh, man. Okay, I've, I've got, I love this show. I've got a left field one I, for Russell I, Perrin. I, I'm, gonna, I'm warning you now. Yeah. There's a very good chance this is getting four marks. <laughs> help, help, before, before you say that, I want to give an alternative to Reginald Perrin, and I think this is the one. Okay. Martin Freeman. Oh, yes. A- oh, absolutely, Martin. Yeah, it's no one Martin else. Freeman. No one else. It is Martin Freeman. Yeah, perfect. It's, it's, it's absolutely Martin Freeman. Is there anyone that could do it? And he's probably a big fan of Reginald Perrin as well. I'm and guessing. I'm thinking, oh... This, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Which character are you thinking of? Joan. Oh, someone was there then. Um, I mean, it depends on how famous you want to get. It depends if you want someone who's... Because you don't want an airhead. You don't want someone to play an air... That's not the character. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's someone who's who knows their position, but is also quite quite open and friendly, quite sort of... How about like Gemma Chan or someone like, someone like well, that? I was going to say Jamila Jamil. On a real curveball choice. She would be brilliant, yeah. yeah. Because she'd have a little bit of sass about yeah, her. Yeah, she'd be great. So she wouldn't be a complete pushover. Yeah. And actually, and, and actually, her, because she's quite tall and Martin Freeman's really, oh, this needs to happen. <laughs> and this needs to happen. I'm going to tweet them both and say, hey, guys, seriously, i got an idea. i got an idea for you. That'd be really, really cool. John Cleese, Martin Freeman, Jamila <laughs> Jamil. I'm all over this. Yeah, because Can we get Ricky Gervais to write it? Hang on, why am, why am I not writing this? You're directing, I'm directing it. Oh, you can, oh, you can, all right, you write it. Uh, you can Ricky write it. executive producer. Yeah, exa- oh, he can, yeah, that's a good point. He can, he can fund it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky. Um, I've got 50 quid. <laughs> no, I think that'd, that'd be good. It's, it's, it's a great one as well, but... Top Do you remember, so you remember watching this? I remember... Or the, seeing it, at least. I remember... It might, might be in a later series, but I remember them being repeated... Um, I don't know if you remember, like in the 90s, on I think BBC Two or Channel 4, like 6 o'clock every day, they would repeat shows from the 60s and the 70s, things like Time Tunnel and yep. Land of the Giants and stuff like that. Um, and I was never really into it, but then I remember Reginald Perrin being one of these shows that it would be on like tea time, basically. Yeah. Um, and I remember adults liking it and just thinking, what is this show? I mean, everyone's laughing, so I'm sure it's funny, but not appreciated. It's, it, so. it's a name I remember. Like, I feel yeah. like I remember it being spoken about or I remember sort of seeing it on the telly on the you know the Radio Times or whatever when I was a kid but I've never seen it and I'm so angry at myself for having taken this long to find it because I am seriously impressed yeah yeah seriously I, impressed it's funny I mean have you, have you seen um, Rising Damp no another TV show with Leonard Rossiter in it playing almost the same character but he's a landlord he's a landlord of this uh, building um Almost Forty Towers esque. Yeah, kind of. Um, I think you like that as well. All right. Well, maybe we should do that another yeah, time. Yeah. Then, for, for absolutely uh, uh, no reason other than you know Leonard is brilliant. Okay, so let's, should we do some scores? We do some scores. Uh, commandments and scores. Says, yeah. So for both of them at the same time. We're doing both at the same time. Yeah. So the um, premise of this: if you jumped into this uh, for the first time, welcome aboard the pilot podcast. We only talk about those first episodes, and then we have criteria that we mark them both against, and then we'll give them a score each yep. out of ten, totaling a score out of twenty. Uh, you have to get at least seventeen to reach the top fifty of our leaderboard, 
And even then, it's not guaranteed because yeah. the 17s leak out into the sort of 50s. So yeah. first question is, do you want to watch episode two? Who done it? I want to watch another episode. Don't think I need to watch episode two. I'll dive into a, to a spe- specific... I want to see Edward Woodward host it. Easy for Next me to episode, say. then. And then I want to see... Um, um, John Pertwee. John Pertwee. Do so it, season so. two. Yeah. Okay. But I, I enjoyed it enough to yeah. think myself, if I see it on, mm-hmm. I'm going to put it on. Yeah. Like if I'm going for the TV guide and I'm thinking for something to watch and I spot that, that's going on immediately. I've never heard of this I wouldn't show hesitate. Before. I've never heard of the show before, so it's very weird. Yeah, 72 and it still stands well today. Yeah. Um, so do you want to watch episode two of Reginald Perrin? Yes. Absolutely I do. I do yeah. And I shall be doing so tonight after Bake Off. Nice. Um, does it have a memorable theme tune? Who yeah. done it? I think it's got a little sting to it and I think yeah. after a few listens, you'd probably start remembering it. Yeah. Reginald Perrin, definitely. It's great. Does it introduce you to a new character or journey? Each week, who done it will be for sure. New story, new I characters. Guess so yeah, new murder. Yeah, so um, you get yeah. a new you get a new start each week, which means you can kind of dip in and out of episodes at your leisure. It's like the anthology stuff that we did the other week. It, yeah, it's you, you get to learn the whole arc of this character in one episode. Hmm. Um, yeah. Which makes it a bit more digestible, I guess. Yeah. Um, and do you, you get a new uh, character journey in Reginald Perrin? I suspect, having not seen any other episodes at this moment, yeah. that you're about to go on this new journey with Reginald as he unfolds into the lunatic he go- yeah, is going to become. I think so. Cause so. Almost like the beach intro is what we're going to eventually end up with at yeah. the end of season three. Um, well, Running I, down the beach stripping. I, I barely remember any of Reginald pairing um, the later episodes, but I know he goes more and more loopy as time goes on. <laughs> so I can't wait till that happens. All right, would you pause for a pee? You, you, not for who done it actually because you need you're, you're looking for clues so it's quite cleverly designed that way yes so i don't so i think you would pause if you absolutely need to i think you would pause it if you're watching it to watch oh, that's it true. Yeah, yeah. you'd need to pause it i think if you were in the first half of this episode you would pause because you don't want to miss stuff yeah. if it's in the second half where they're just revealing the answers and asking the panel i think you'd probably just nip to the loo quickly you could do yeah 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 you not really it doesn't yeah. matter as long as you get the answer and you reveal at the end yeah. uh, reginald perrin would you pause for a pee i don't know if you need to but i would i think because I would it's as well. so funny yeah but with a lot of these sitcoms you don't really need to but they're not really that long. Yeah, it doesn't so, matter. You can dip in and out and yeah. it's roughly the same. Uh, do you feel emotionally connected with one or more of the characters in Who Done It? No. Reginald Perrin, yeah. Reginald Perrin. Uh, flipping because, Love Reg. Yeah. Because he's just like, this guy, I can't wait to see him actually lose it properly. <laughs> um, I'm also a little nervous for Liz, his yeah, wife. Yeah. Like, what is going to happen to her when he finally cracks? Oh, she's like a Because at the end of the episode, the very, very last thing of the episode is him just going... Yeah. <laughs> bellowing into yeah. the camera and to be fair like ravioli's quite nice so like, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, would you recommend it oh 100% both yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. recommending both yeah, shows recommend both in a them. heartbeat yeah. much much better than expected which sort of covers episode, uh, commandment number 8 yeah. does it divide expectations massively both of them I think I think Reginald Perry a lot more than Who Done It because Agreed. Who Done It is quite a hard sell if you're saying some, someone says to you oh, Rob what, what, what shall I watch today I've got a show for you. Who done it? What's that? It's a nineteen seventy-two. No, show. no, I would just say it's a murder mystery. <laughs> right. It's a really cool murder mystery that's much better than it than it date than its date says suggests. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, quickly back up. Then is there a mic drop in Who Done It? I think if in this episode, no. 
the whole thing is kind of like designed to for be the a, end but, to be a yeah. mic drop. I think if you have an episode where you don't suss it out because you've taken a red herring, mm-hmm. then you get a mic drop yeah. naturally because of that. But if you do suss it, I think it looks... So it's a bit of a 50-50 yeah. one on this one. Whereas Reg, mic drop... No, I wouldn't say there's a mic drop, but it's, I, don't, I don't think it needs a mic drop. Some shows need if, it to keep your attention. I could, if I could rephrase it to be, is there a punchline? <laughs> the last bit about the ravioli is a brilliant punchline. I guess that's a comedic mic drop, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, iffy. Has it aged well? Who done it? I think Pretty well, I think it has, yeah. Though. I think the format can survive... Today, I yeah. think it could, could do it. Just Who Done It has got a nostalgic feel to it anyway. The concept of a Who Done It, a yeah. murder mystery, isn't a modern idea. Yeah. So if it looked too modern, it would be a bit odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reason that Poirot and Midsummer Murders and all the others are, are sort of based in sort of rural, sort of old England. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, um, I think Reg- it stands up fine. Reginald Perrin, yeah. I mean, a lot of these I, characters you, you can see today, a lot of the situations you can. People are going crazy nowadays. Yeah. And is the hype real? There's zero hype for Who Done It. Like yeah, minus isn't. hype. Yeah. So actually, so you can't judge that. But for Reginald Parent, I think it's always considered one of the best comedy shows ever. When you see those lists of fifty best comedy shows ever, it's always on there. I think it's underspoken about. It's definitely underrated um, amongst genuine, like real people. There might be need for us to review the wording of our commandments. Okay. Just because I think sometimes that hype question is really hard with the older ones if we're not there. Mm. So there's a there's a sort of okay. tendency for us to, um, if you, especially if we can't tell whether there was hype. Yeah. Are they underrated? Well, I think if we, if we say what hype have we heard, if we haven't heard any hype, then there's no, no that's hype. True. No, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right, let's score it then. Who done it first? Uh, it was my choice this week. Really enjoyed it much more than I expected to. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it's a very easy pick up throwaway show. Uh, does get a bonus point for being called pilots and oh. uh, for having a pilot episode and uh, little things like you know Doctor Who coming on to host yeah. it in later episodes mm-hmm. make me feel a little bit like this is going to get even better. Yeah, they improve on the on the pilot. Mm-hmm. So this one gets a, I think a respectable six and a half. I'm going to match you exactly six and a half, um, and I'm giving that extra half because I could see the potential of Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward here. <laughs> Easy for you to say. He was. Uh, I thought stand out in his he 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 really went for it. Mm. Um, yeah, six and a half, great okay. concept. Thirteen points uh, go in the league leaderboard uh, in a bit, um, but it doesn't even come close to contending for the top fifty. I'm afraid. Yeah. However, Reginald Perrin may do. Uh, the episode's called Hippopotamus, and that's my show. And I think you're going to give it up higher than me. I thought it was really, really good, really good. Be honest, don't hold back. Yeah, we give it an eight. Give me an eight. Um, reason why. I think it's a classic. This first episode is bringing sets the scene very, very well. Um, I love how subversive it is, and just like you just do not expect it. And I'll watch anything with Lennon Roster in it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, a strong eight from me. Cool. Nine point five. Nine point five. Not even gonna hesitate. Wow. So seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. Is straight easy. into it's the top, top 50. fifty. Nice. Um, I can't. I think other than the fact that there's that one little bit that dates it. Yeah. I honestly cannot fault this episode. Mm-hmm. It is just genius. It's, yeah, From start it to good. finish, it's, every bit of the casting's great. Yeah. Story writing's great. It's still relatable today. Yeah. Almost, well, 43, <laughs> uh, yeah, 43 years on. Wow. 43 years on, it yeah. still works. 
uh, madness. So we've got to decide where it goes in the league table okay. before we decide Let's on next it. week. So 17 and a half points puts it into the realms of making a murderer. Was it better than that? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Was it better than Bodyguard? Yeah. Yeah. Was it better than RuPaul's Drag Race? No, for me, no. What about you? Yeah, it was. Okay, what's after so, that? Was it better than Crystal Maze? No. No, it wasn't for me. Are you happy I'm, for me I'm, to go above RuPaul? I'm happy, yeah. There's only one space, and what? it doesn't move RuPaul out of the top 50 what by any stretch. What gets knocked out? Uh, let me find out for you. Hang on, oh, Reg. No, it's let me just. Big, isn't it? It's going to be, mate. This, this is unfortunately... This is the game we are playing. Okay, I'm happy Every time we get something up there in the top... 50, something else has to fall out. And they're afraid to say that that show this week is Jessica Jones. Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, it's just the way it is. I mean, Jessica Jones has still scored 17. So that she, she, that's, that's ruddy good. There's a lot of shows on 17. But 17.5 for Reginald Perrin, or sorry, the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin. So that is in amongst Making a Murderer, Bodyguard, RuPaul's Drag Race, Crystal Maze, mm-hmm. Mike Tyson Mysteries. Yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yep. 24, Stranger Things, X-Files, and Downton Abbey. Um, wow. What a, what a combination of shows that is. That is a great lot of shows. That is superb. Wow. However, yeah. that is that. And it is time now to think about what we fancy doing for the next episode. 120, Ooh, 120. on the board. Okay. Do you want to go first or me? Uh, you can go first, actually. Okay. Yeah. Massive gear change. Let's go. Let's. We like a gear change on this. We don't okay. like to keep you know too many episodes running the same sort of thing if we can right. help it. Okay. So I'm going to just flip it on its head, kick it down the stairs. Let's do a cartoon. Oh, nice. Let's do something. I probably think nineties. Be terrified okay. if it's later than that, right? Because that means I was watching it probably older when I was older than I should be. <laughs> um, I just want to straight up go for Dexter's Laboratory. Do you know what? I've not seen an episode of Dexter's Laboratory. I've not seen a single one. I don't. I don't know how. I know everyone loves it, so I need to watch it. So that's great. It gives me. I don't even know where that's come from either. I just want to just do that. Um. So I've got a couple of options here. Okay. Boy genius got a secret lab in his bedroom. I'm thinking Powerpuff Girls, but I kind of. Want, I want to save that. I want to save that for something else. What are you thinking against Powerpuff Girls then? Something more superhero-y. Okay. Maybe. Fine. Uh, okay, so what are you going against ooh. Dexter's Laboratory? So, I mean, I, I love Hanna-Barbera. I love everything they do. Yep. And there was a show that they did in connection with... Um, well, there's a show that they did in the 60s called C-Lab 2020. Now, the Adult Swim channel rebooted that as C-Lab 2021 and made it a lot like Archer. Okay. Um, so it's really, again, subversive, funny, and it's taken 60s style animation yeah. and updating it to 21st century sensibilities, a bit like Archer. So I'm going for C Lab 2021. Okay, so, oh, right. Yeah, yeah why which not? I, it's weird, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, mate. In the 120 or 119 takes of this podcast, yeah. you've yet to bring something weird and rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> you've brought weird and it's been excellent. Yeah. Um, but weird and rubbish you do not do very well. So Thank you're you you're, um, you're pretty crap at that, actually. <laughs> uh, but listen, we're very open to taking suggestions yeah. from people listening to the podcast. We appreciate that you just enjoy listening and maybe finding some TV shows to watch. But if you are watching something that you think is an absolute must, let us know what it is, please on Twitter Jed Shepherd. I'm at Jed Shepherd. 
on Twitter, which is J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. And I'm on Twitter at The Jellyman. That's T-H-E-E, Jellyman. Yeah. Both of those are available as ringtones. You only have to ask and I'll send them to you. Yeah, of course you can. Okay, good. Um, well, your one's your that when you text me. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie because I've got a new phone, but I've got to update it, but it will yeah. be. Um, Dexter's Laboratory versus C-Lab 2021 next week on the Pilot Podcast. So that's just me to say. See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Oh, here it goes. <laughs>